For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to former San Francisco Giants right fielder and current analyst, also current podcaster right here on The Athletic, Hunter Pence, about the upcoming series with the Oakland A's. How does Hunter put this last series against the Mets in perspective? A little analysis on how Chris Bryant is playing right field at Oracle Park, and of course, some thoughts on the Giants' MVP candidate, Brandon Crawford. All things we can talk to Hunter Pence about, who joins me next. Today is Friday, August 20th. It's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, you know him, Hunter Pence, former Giants outfielder, former big league outfielder, and now podcast host right here with Grant Brisby on The Athletic. Hunter, welcome to The Update, man. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Adam? Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, I'm doing well, man. It's it's good to have you. Uh, and it's fun to talk some Giants baseball for a team that is in first place, cruising into a huge series this weekend against the Oakland A's. I wanted to ask you sort of like a, a player feeling question. Uh, I was at the game on Wednesday. Giants are, are up one nothing going into the ninth inning. They end up losing that game. And I hate losing a game when you have an opportunity to sweep right before an off day because then we got to dwell on it all day long. And I know players, obviously, this is the up and down of a season. But uh, for fans who are looking at this Giants team feeling like the bullpen let them down yesterday. The starting pitching is now a little banged up. How does the team sort of sort of retool, recalibrate going into a big series in Oakland like this? Well, first of all, your perspective is way off. Your bullpen didn't let you up when they pitched eight. Like like I think Descalfani got hurt. They pitched seven innings, gave up one run. You know, two runs maybe. So that's an opportunity for the offense to win. Like you got to score more than one run to expect to win. You can't score one and say, "Oh, the bullpen blew it" because Casey gave up one run. But you also don't look at it as, "Oh, we lost that game. We're coming off a loss into an off day." You won the series, like win series. You know, they won two out of three. They they're playing good ball now. If they like. If they blew some huge lead or whatever the case may be, it's different. So you won a series, you had a great, you know, run and you got a big game. So you're enjoying the off day. You're totally fine. You know, and you're going to come back ready to take on. Let's win the next series. Let's just stay locked into the process. So as far as I'm concerned with the perspective of that game and that series, I think you're you're definitely not blaming your bullpen. Maybe blame on the bullpen is, is the wrong way to look at it. I guess what I'm pulling back and thinking about is a lot of people thought maybe Farhan and Scott should have gone out at the deadline and, and got a closer. I personally have thought Jake McGee has done a fantastic job. He's got a whip under one. He's averaging more than a strikeout per inning, but he's a guy who throws one pitch. And so I think when you blow two saves in, in 10 days, people start to think a little bit more about the back end of the bullpen. Uh, I mean, you played on teams that had lights out bullpen guys who could strike guys out in the ninth inning. You had guys who could pitch to contact. And so I think you look at the closer situation a little bit differently now maybe than you did at the deadline what do you think the level of confidence is right now in a guy like Jake McGee Jake is first of all very confident I don't know him that well but I can tell he's very confident when I look back at like the Milwaukee series and there was a game they had against Milwaukee where he had thrown two in a row he hadn't thrown three in a row in forever and he was like supposed to be down that day they end up going extra innings this wild game coming back going forward coming back going forward there was no pitching left there was no one left and he throws the third day in a row, ends up getting it done. But I think that adds up. So we maybe are, are seeing a little bit of the toll of like a little bit of overuse. And he's going to, you know, hopefully get this off day, get some rest, rest up. And I think he's just fine. He gave up one run. No big deal. I think he's going to be great. I think you just got to get him more of a healthy balance of, of pitching and, and a little bit of time from I think you're seeing that window of the workload hit him right there. So as far as our bullpen, like Leon is great. Rogers is great. Like they're just they have so many weapons. So I do think that there's a very good similarity. I think that Farhan's done amazing. I think their bullpen is really strong. They didn't really need one. Chris Bryant was. Uh, obviously electric and completely changing and charging this offense. 
I want to ask you about Chris Bryant, actually, uh, playing some outfield. You, you know, you come over, and uh, you had played outfield at Oracle Park before you came to the Giants, but uh, I'm wondering about right field. They threw him over there for a couple of games earlier this week. Mike Yastrzemski, I think, is probably the best defensive right fielder at Oracle Park right now for the Giants. How big of an adaptation was that for you, learning to play the wall, learning to play the wind, day games versus night games at Oracle Park? Just, I mean, he's an athlete. He plays all over the place. So for you as a guy who was just an outfielder, how long did that process take for you? It was like an everyday kind of process. Like you learn more and more and it was constantly changing. But in general, I liked Oracle Park a lot because I'm not like the quickest guy, but like I had great speed once I got going. There's a ton of room to cover. So I felt like I got to get to a lot of balls and the wind back in in those days was just a wind wall and it was just knocking everything down. So if you could really like cover some ground, it was perfect for kind of my skill set. So I loved it there. Uh, I had a lot of fun. And as far as like the fly balls in front of you, I maybe had one that was really embarrassing and because the wind just did a tornado with it and uh, ended up looking like, you know, it was just, yeah, I've had, I think in my whole career, I don't even want to talk about it. It was so embarrassing, but it'll get a lot of people. And we won a lot of games on like outfielders from other teams coming in and not being ready for it. It's the ball in between the second baseman and the right fielder. That's super confusing. Cause it can be like, it's totally your ball. And one day it's like blowing it back into the second baseman. And the next day it's like the second baseman's ball all the way. And it blows back to you. So you just have to like, you have to sprint every time and, and it does some wild things. That was the toughest one for me. Can you trust the flags? I don't know what it is today because I've been in left field for a while, but I know that they got rid of the wind walls. So the flag every day was blowing out. If it was blowing out, like the the wind was coming in because it was bouncing off that wind wall and then circling back. And it was just like crushing everything this way. It would kind of be circling so much in there that like to your left, balls that look like they were going out of play would, would like come back because the wind was kind of over here going this way. I guess on the right field line, it was coming back into play. And then if it was to your right, which would be center field, it was circling and then coming this way. So it was like a boom. It would kind of move on you. It would kind of swirl around. Like so you're saying sort of tornado out there. It was a swirl because the flags were going this way. So like in foul territory, it, the wind walls were kind of in center field. So it's like knocking it back into play. But then it hits that wall, and so so anything on this side is it's doing this. One more just on the wall. I don't want to spend forever talking, you know, 20, 24-foot high brick wall in right field. But on other balls, they get hit over your head. You know, I, I think back to the 2007 All-Star game. I think Ichiro hit a ball up there and inside the park home run there. I'm thinking, like, when the ball's hit over your head, do you just turn your back and get ready to play off the wall so you can get a clean ricochet? I saw someone on the, may have been on the Mets on, on Tuesday night have a nice play that way. But I'm wondering about how you adjust to a ball that's actually hit over your head, get a play off the, the fence or off the wall. It's like an all-in decision. You have to realize, like, do I have a chance of catching this or do I not? And if you don't, you need to give yourself a lot of space because it's going to ricochet off. If you do have a chance of catching it, and and that's what was also tricky is because the wind would knock so many balls down. So you're running and you're gauging all of that at the same time, and you have to make a decision, I'm all in to catch it or I'm all in to get the ricochet. You know these guys, man. You know Buster, you know Brandon, you know Longoria. You played on this team like recently. You were right here, man. So I'm wondering, you know, when expectations change in the middle of a season, not just for a team, but for fans. And I think any team is going to tell you, you know, we believe we can win. We came together. This team knew that they were going to be competitive based on the 29 wins they had in 60 games last year. They missed the playoffs by a game. But I think the fan base came in. And if you told us, you know, April 1st, this team was going to be a wild card team, everybody's all in. We're like, yeah, let's go. Balls to the wall. We'll take our chances in that wild card game now like a week ago they were up five games on the Dodgers who were supposed to win the World Series if you don't win the division and, and I, I'm asking from a player standpoint and I know the fans would feel differently about this if you don't win the division is that a letdown at this point 
No, I don't think so. But I mean, that's not like a black and white question. It's not a yes, no. I do think like like right now, right here, they're hunting. They're going to get the division. But like if you ever are like in the playoffs and like at the end of the day, my theory was like the goal is to win the World Series. Let's get the division because that makes it a nicer road. It's an easier road. Let's say, God forbid, like something goes wrong and the Dodgers catch up because they're playing good ball too and they win the division. If you're going like, ah, oh, this is a letdown, you're going into a wild card game with a chance to do what you want to do, which is win the World Series with the wrong attitude. So like you could never be like let down when the opportunity to win the World Series is in front of you. You have to charge. So I think you're not sitting here going, am I going to be disappointed if we don't win the division? You just charge into today and you don't care. Like I'm doing my process. I'm coming to win. This is our division. I'm coming to get it. Oh, it's wild card game. Oh, I'm, I'm charging into wild card game because I'm coming to win the World Series. Oh, we're going to see the Dodgers in the next series. We're going to beat them in this series. That's kind of the mentality for me that even as a fan or whatever, you don't go like, oh, I'm let down or they didn't do this. They didn't do that. Let's enjoy the journey. Let's like, let's ride with these games and, and enjoy this great team that we have that's the difference between like a resilient world champion like you and a, and a fan like me who stresses on every single pitch right every out every day every loss you sort of wear it as a fan sometimes that's what makes baseball so great is it's the it's the up and down six month grind letting people into your home it seems like every single day fun one this weekend it's always fun when the A's play the Giants at the Coliseum this weekend what were those series like for you man you get to sleep in your own bed but you got to go across the bridge to play in Oakland is that kind of a kind of a fun road series for you it was really nice actually to have like some road games in the season where you stayed home because so, it, it made for like what felt like really long homestands. So it was always nice. Um, love playing over there. It's an intense atmosphere. It's always like most of my career, both of us were really good, the Giants and the A's. So it was the Battle of the Bay. It was uh, intense games. It was a fun atmosphere. And, uh, and honestly, like I always rooted for the A's as well. Besides when we're playing each other, it's like, I want to see an A's Giants World Series. That would be awesome. And there's a chance for that this year, which is really exciting. So this series is going to be fun to watch. And it was always fun for me to play in. And you get some Sergio Romo over there too, right? That'd be kind of cool. Heck yeah. Sergio's having a great year. He's uh you know, we all love him here. I'm hoping the Ace fans love him, but I know the Giants fans love him. He's a, he's just a lovable guy, and he's a, he's an ultimate warrior when he takes the mound, that's for sure. I got to ask you one more here on the way out, man. Brandon Crawford, I mentioned him a few minutes ago. It's been so cool as a Bay Area kid myself and going to Candlestick and, you know, everybody's seen the newspaper clipping of him on the cover asking the Giants not to go. It's just so cool that a homegrown kid gets to play every day in this ballpark and is now having a career year. I mean, he's doing something that 34-year-olds just don't do. You had a renaissance at the end of your career, and he's doing it to the tune of an MVP level, and he's doing it at shortstop, which is just unheard of. What can you say about him? Just your thoughts on what he's doing in the process, and everybody knows he's a pro he's a great team leader but just from your perspective man reflecting on on your time playing together and what you're seeing now I don't think this is surprising to you at all but just what's your takeaway from Brandon there's so many like things to like hit on that are so exciting but like I think that he's so dedicated he's so loyal he's so just an incredible teammate incredible player but his defense is like he's so intense and works so hard and so diligent on his defense and his hand-eye coordination and his skill and his ability has been incredible. He was one of the, what I would call the unluckiest hitter of all time. He'd have these amazing at-bats. He'd win the battle with the pitcher. He would square it up perfectly and it would be a perfect line out to the left fielder. And I think now he's using kind of the biomechanics and like learned the whole new swing path thing, how to leverage his body properly. And now we're seeing his talent actually unfold into what he actually is because he would win the battle of, you know, square the ball up, know what the pitcher's throwing, get the barrel there. And he just 
with what he was doing with his swing mechanics, it was just this hard line out to the left fielder that was pretty, and you're just like hang with him, and it and it just like ate him alive. He'd be he would be so mad about it. So now we're seeing when he wins the battle, we're seeing damage, we're seeing hits at a higher percentage, and we're seeing homers. So I am so excited. I think he's going to get even better. I said this at the beginning of the year. I think he's starting to really get comfortable with it, and then you have the defense on top of it, which he makes it look so easy. You don't realize how good he is. So he is. MVP, having an MVP season as far as I'm concerned, I think he should be in the debate 100%. And I think that we're super lucky to have him for so many years. And I'm very thrilled to see his, I think he's, like I said, I think he's going to continue to get better. It's funny you mentioned the line out to the left fielder because I think I've always thought, and I think we're seeing it a lot this year, his inside out power is really impressive. I think about, was it 2016 maybe opening night against Ross Stripling? Uh, Trevor Brown hits that home run to to tie the game, and then Crawford walked it off the other way. I feel like he's hitting balls out to left center now all the time, or the gap to gap power that he can stay inside and still get leverage. It's been really incredible this year. It's the swing plane. It's the hands tight to the body so that you're just leveraging your muscles. So it's like, it's a lot more power with a lot less effort. Yeah, he always had that power, but it was like giving himself like a small window versus now you have like this much chance and and it's going to, when it hits your barrel, it's going to go a lot farther and it's going to create actually a lot of low line drives versus this like mid line drive. That's like a, he would hit it like a hundred miles an hour, just perfect line drive right at the left fielder, which is so hard to do. But now with this long area and like a lot more of his, like it's when you're tighter to your body, you're just stronger. The farther your hands get away from your body, which he's starting out here, but he's coming through. I mean, I know I'm showing it to the camera. They can't see this. So anyway, let's just say. <laughs> I can see it. I know what you're saying. Let's yeah. <laughs> just say uh, he's he's got a, just a, a path that gives him a lot more chance to succeed. And like when he does connect, which he does a lot, it's going to do damage. And he's doing that. He has the power. He has the hand-eye coordination. He has the mental skills. And like he's like I said, he's a fierce competitor. He's determined. To me, the being a teammate is playing defense exceptionally well. And like no one's focused or more intense as, on defense as Crawford. And that, it, it speaks volumes to who he is. Hunter, uh, we were really lucky, man, to have you in the outfield. To get you to come back to San Francisco was great, and I love that you're hanging out here, man. I love that we're, we're hearing you on podcasts. I love that we're seeing you on TV pre- and post-game, man. Keep up the great work, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road, man. Thanks so much. Thank you, Adam. Have a great show. Appreciate you having me. Great stuff with Hunter Pence. Fun talking baseball, man. And maybe nobody knows right field better than he does for all the games, all the years. Pence at the fence, all the great catches he made out there on right field. Talked about playing tough balls floating down in front of him. How about the uh, the ball right in front of him from Eric Chavez? Maybe that's what he was thinking about. Yusmero Petit going for the perfect game. However, Yusmero Petit also over in Oakland this weekend. So Giants will get a look at him. Make sure you check out Hunter Pence and Grant Brisby on The Athletic, the Baseball Barista podcast available every Thursday. This week, pretty good one. Thank you to Hunter. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. We love bringing you the best stories in Bay Area sports. And I know the Raiders are in Vegas now, but we're still going to do a little scope for all of our Raider Nation fans out there. On Monday, we'll talk to Tashawn Reed, a little outlook on the 2021 Las Vegas Raiders season. All that in the days ahead. Until Monday, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.